morning, folks. Welcome to stage eight of the Tour de France. Today was another sprint stage, but it was not the most boring sprint stage. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of 10, and I recommend you watch the last 10, maybe 15K. Okay, moving on is the recap and uh, eventually some spoilers. We'll start with today's sponsor uh, will be Whoop. This is the Whoop Fitness Recovery Tracker, mostly recovery tracker. You'll see a lot of guys in the tour are wearing this. This brace that lives on you 24-7, you charge it. Uh, there's a little gizmo, so you never have to take it off. Uh, it's constantly monitoring your heart rate, uh, your temperature, your kind of vitals. It knows when you're getting sick. It knows when you're sleeping deep, when you're sleeping light. Uh, I've learned a lot about my sleep habits, and it gives you kind of a, every day you get a recovery score, and then you get a, a strain score, and your goal is sort of keep those aligned but it's a good tool to sort of learn about your body, learn what affects your sleep, learn what doesn't. Um, I highly recommend just like, just use it for like 90 days. You've got a lot of benefits out of it right away. Uh, it is free by the way. So use the link in my description. Uh, it is literally free. They'll send you, it's a 30 day trial with the Phil sent me discount on my link. So there's no risk there. I guarantee you will learn something in 30 days uh, that you'll appreciate. And then if you're finding like, oh, this isn't for me, I don't want to dork out on my sleep, uh, you can move on. Sleep recovery, super important. Uh, this is a big part of my kind of athletic life. All I know from yesterday is I heard an interview after the stage uh, with Cavendish, and he was talking about the last time the stage had finished in Bordeaux. Uh, he was like, oh yeah, this was, it was 2010. So we're at 13 years ago. Uh, but he remembered who did the lead out, who they were missing from the lead out, who the other team rivals were. If you think about like the number of stages that Cavendish has won and races he's been up there, uh, the, the library in his head and the analysis and the quick decisions and what he, the Rolodex that he gets to go through when he's making those decisions, uh, really impressive athlete and just like a, a dude who's, uh, boy, has he been around, which makes it all the bigger bummer. Uh, we'll get to today's stage now, but the big story of the day is Cavendish uh, out, looked like a broken collarbone, uh, kind of one of those silly crashes, but that's all it takes. The early break was a little bit more competitive today. There was some, some groups of 10. There were a lot of guys attacking. Like folks actually wanted to be in it. Uh, it ended up just being three guys. They kept it controlled. The bike racing math, I've explained this before, but I just, I just can't say it enough because it really soaks up a lot of TV time of their, uh, are they going to catch the break? Are they not? On a flat stage, on a normal stage, it's not like a crazy finish situation. Uh, for every 10K there is left in the race, the rule is they can take one minute out of the breakaway. So especially if it's three guys, all they got to do is put six guys on the front of the peloton uh, and that thing's coming back. So today was three dudes with 60K to go. They were like, oh, you know, this stage might. No, it won't. There were a few short kind of, I wouldn't even call them climbs compared to what we've been seeing in the Tour de France, but, but little kickers that would affect the race that I think uh, Jumbo Visma saw a chance to soften up the sprinters. So they, they left the gap a little bit big thing, like, all right, we're going to bring it back closer at the end. The usual suspects on the front today for the sprint stage, it was Alpecin controlling uh, with help from Trek, with help from Kofidis. Those are the teams who favor their, their chances in the finish. So those are the teams who are responsible for keeping the break close. Uh, Yumbo Visma mostly took a back seat. But then around 10K to go, uh, Yumbo did go to the front. I think they saw an opportunity with a couple of the lumps in the finale, some narrow roads, a chance to, to not drop the sprinters exactly, but, but hurt the sprinters, soften them up a little bit for the finale where Wout would have an advantage. So they are still putting effort into Wout uh, getting his stage wins. And they almost pulled it off. In the sprint, uh, you can see Laporte doing a great lead out for Wout, but then the second he kind of pulls off, there's guys coming up on either side of Wout, uh, and Wout couldn't get around his own lead out guy. So he had to hesitate, lost like four wheels in the last 50 meters. Another 50 meters, he'd have won without losing a pedal stroke. I, the unanswerable hypothetical, I, it's, it's pretty answerable. I think he for sure would have won. And then rocketed back up through them. Clearly, uh, the best guy in the sprint today ended up coming third, 
but first and second going to Mads Peterson and then Jasper Philipson. And really it was a sprinter stage. Uh, all the guys you'd expect from any field sprint were up there uh, with the one exception of Cavendish, of course. Other stuff I noticed today, uh, they had some moments of EF's uh, race radio broadcasted and they were talking about the race radios on the race radios. I'd forgotten just how much earpiece radio drama there was in getting the radios to work. You're supposed to test them on the bus. That's like part of your responsibility before before you line up, before sign-in, they do a radio check. And while you're on the start line, do a radio check to keep this from happening. But someone left the button open. When you can hear the mess going on on the radio, uh, if you can hear it, that kind of means you know it's not you. So I would always just plunk and, and check back in 15K and see if someone sorted out whatever their problem was. On the NBC feed, Christian Vandeveld did a good 30 minutes complaining about how bad the radios can be, how rarely they work, uh, how the, the noise you're constantly hearing. It got very cathartic, like a couple seconds of EF trying to figure out who was making the sound uh, totally triggered Vandeveld. Uh, that was kind of fun to watch and I absolutely understand. Other stuff, you see some moments where like the camera is going through the peloton and the riders are waving, uh, the motor's getting too close. That's Sometimes that's a safety thing. A lot of times what they're more mad about, you know, they're trying to get a camera shot of the front guys pulling and what they're actually doing is giving the front guys a draft. So if you're a team who sort of wants the breakaway to stay away or is trying to, you know, every team wants the other teams to be doing work and to be sweating and to be wasting energy. Uh, you're like, motorcycle, stop helping them out. Get out of the way. Armchair race organizer, I liked having some lumps in the road. I liked having uh, a little bit more of a dynamic finish. It ended up still being all the sprinters, but giving Yumbo a reason to try and rip it. Uh, now you've got to watch the last 15K instead of the last three. Armchair team director, I'm kind of just going to talk about a team director. Uh, Cavendish, from, from the peak of his career, he was winning a ton of races. He had a lot of power and whatever team he was on, he would also kind of bring his boys. It's There's a certain matter of trust and rhythm and and experience that it really helps to have your lead-out guys. So he always had uh, Mark Renshaw and Bernie Eisel were like kind of his two boys to help in lead-outs, to help control the race. Um, you know, I've, I've seen Bernie Eisel carrying Cavs luggage, but he took care of them for sure. Uh, they got paid more to be on the Cavendish train and I, they all liked each other. Now that Renshaw's too old to be in the pack, uh, Cav got him a job behind the behind the wheel. I just that's a cool thing. I just like to see that loyalty in the sport that goes, you know, literally we're talking uh, a decade. Mishap the day, obviously Cavendish's crash that, that's sending him home. Um, it looked like it was just the road got narrow. They were going up one of those kind of 60k to go, 50k to go climbs. Someone must have dropped their chain, shoots backwards five guys. Everyone sort of awkwardly makes room when there isn't much room. They, they ride super tight to begin with. A silly, awkward crash, Cavendish at the back. You're not supposed to be at the back, but it's also like someone's got to be back there. That's a time it's safe to be back there. This is nobody's fault. This is bike racing, unfortunately. And just, I don't know, is Cavendish going to do another year now to, to chase this record? The, the storybook ending of a pro career is sort of obviously what you want, but Sports don't really work that way. They don't, they don't write themselves. No matter what you've accomplished, you're going to want to accomplish more. Uh, no matter where you finished, you're going to think, oh, I could either win one more, or if I came third, I could have come second. No one really just gets to go out on top on the way they wanted it. It's, it's just a super bummer to see Cavendish go home that way. But I hope he's able to zoom out and look at the big picture and his completely phenomenal, insane career. Being tied for the most stage wins at the Tour de France with Eddie Merckx, uh, not a bad way to go out if that's if that's all you've got. It's pretty solid. Got to do an honorable mention for mishap of the day. Uh, Simon Yates had a crash, looked like around 10K to go. So the, the rule with, with that is if you get to the final, I believe it's 4K in the peloton, and then you have a flat or a crash, and as long as it's not like a mountaintop finish, they give you the same time as the group that you were in. And the logic there is that you would chase back if you had time, you'd be able to catch back on, but 
because the stage is over. They don't want to just cede those time gaps to you know attack or something silly, and and that really affects the GC race. Now the problem there is if the peloton is closing down on a final breakaway or setting up for the sprint, uh, 8k to go if you flat, it's quite a task to get back in. So there's kind of this no man's land in the last 10k where. If you flat, if you crash, you're really in trouble to, to lose GC time if you're one of those guys. You're also putting your team in a tough position of, you know, say they were setting up for the lead out for one of their guys, and now do they have to stop and send six guys back to save Simon Yates? Not a lot of time to figure it out. Not a lot of time to undo something that, you know, give another 40K, Simon's getting back in no problem. But he did lose time and GC spots today, which is just, just a bummer. If I was watching in person today, there's really nowhere where like, here's where the fireworks are going to be. Um, I'd want to be in like one of the weird corners where people are just doing weird Tour de France shit, trying to get on TV. Like I saw one guy like riding a bicycle dangling from a telephone pole or something. There's a lot of like, if I carve Vive la Tour into my cornfield, uh, will a helicopter show my farm on TV? and then I'll be really proud of myself. So I just want to be somewhere in the countryside uh, observing the, the wackiness. Tomorrow, stage nine, uh, there's a rest day after that, so they do like to do sort of a GC, might as well destroy the riders going into that. Uh, it does look like a really tough stage. It looks like some some lumps here and there, and then, and then a mountaintop finish, so nothing super extreme, but for sure like a GC day at the end. I see tomorrow as a good day for the breakaway to actually stay away. So I could totally see the Peloton letting 30 guys off the front who are all 30 minutes, an hour down, uh, let them have one bike race and then behind there'll be other bike race between Pogachar, Jonas, we're going to get to see some fireworks for sure in that category tomorrow. But it'll be kind of fun to watch two parts of the race. Here's the guys going for the stage win, and then here's the guys still going for the GC battle. All right, that's it for me today. Uh, I'm going to go jump on my bike for a couple hours. Hope you do too. Uh, have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks.